Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball. Presented by Perth Now. G'day everyone and welcome to the Dribble Podcast, what will be our last show to end the year. It's been a massive 2019 and we thank you as always for your company. My name's Chris Robinson from the West and Perth Now. The man alongside me who's been here every step of the way for 2019, Perth Wildcats legend Greg Hire. Greg, has it gone quick for you or is it just me? Oh mate, I mean I felt like we just got back on the airwaves and we're number one all over Australia and uh, (laughs) tweets coming left, right and centre and then yeah, we have a little bit of a break. But I'll tell you what, it's come out at the right time. I'm limping my way there. Limping to the finish line? Uh, I mean, obviously transitioned out from uh, former professional athlete to uh, 9 to 5 or work 7 to 3 so I can see the kids. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm excited for Chris to get away, turn, turn the phone off and just enjoy my life a little bit. Yes, you've still got a bit to squeeze in before <laughs> now, between now and then. Yeah. Tell our listeners what you're doing tomorrow. Yeah, I head off to uh, to China for a 3x3 tournament. So... Um, yeah, it was uh, we got the call up a few oh, a week or two ago um, from Basketball Australia, and um, I said, "Oh, look, would you be keen on a tournament?" I was like, "Yeah, of course." And then, what's the dates? Oh, falls just two days before Christmas, so yeah. I sort of uh, let it simmer for two, three days. Uh, would have spoiled Ainsley left, right, and centre. Just sort of, you know, um, setting up a little bit of a an arsenal that then I could ease my way and say, hey, do you mind if I go away sure. for, a, for a little trip? Sure. So, yep, going to Guangzhou for the Senior Golden League, which is uh, which is a unique timing. It's the off-season for 3x3 basketball. So, um, yeah, I had a run-around yesterday at, at a, an off-season comp for the SBL players, and I needed it. I was I was blown for a little bit. So, um, yeah, good to have a bit of a sweat-up. Uh, I recruited Tommy Jervis. Nice. Um, so, a very unique. I got Tommy Wright and Andrew Steele, who... Um, um, sort of obviously you are the mainstays of the Australian lineup, but um, you know, and you're obviously not going to get NBL guys being in season, and so we, you know, we wanted to try a different tack. Tommy obviously, yeah, never played three x three basketball, but I know he's, you know, demonstrates grit and hardness, and that's what you need in that format of the game. He will not be in shape, but uh, in that style, it's a seven footer. We just want to try a different dynamic, see how yeah. he guard, try it. Bit of know, a rim, rim yeah, presence. Yeah, and it's, you know, like, you know, Team USA won the World Cup with a, you know, more agile sort of guy, but the way they do it, it's sort of similar, like, let guys shoot long twos um, yeah. and chase off the line, which we think we can do with Tommy, and um, yeah, go from there. So it's exciting. I'm excited to, to go back and play. I obviously love the game. Guangzhou is a quite cool spot. I was actually joking around with one of the teammates. It's got the second biggest indoor snow uh, park or fields or whatever. So I was okay. like, well, if we don't make the finals, you know, get to go, go hit, snowboarding. Hit the slopes, <laughs> yeah, hit the so, artificial slopes. And I haven't done that for 10 years because of being a professional athlete. So yeah, That's right. go, go take the good with the bad. Excellent. And you're during the week confirming that mm. you're running it back with yeah, Rocky Ham, so another one, season at the Flames. One more year, another 20,000 Ks in my car, but um, nah, it's good. I mean, really um, classy organisation club, you know, um, obviously, yeah, it's sort of two years ago when I when I signed with him, it was a sort of a unique sort of thing in terms of what was I trying to get out of SBL and had a bit had an interview today and it's not, I fell out, fell out of the game 
in terms of love of it, but I sort of was reinvigorated with the passion why, you know, when you play SBL or any, like when you first start playing, it's why you do it. It's, you know, from humble sort of things. You just you don't care about getting paid. You don't worry about championships. It's yep. more so that brotherhood and that connection. And, and I remember winning my very first SBL championship and one of, yeah, one of the highlights there just because guys that are that work those seven to seven hours or laborers or you know that's that's the biggest thing in their life to see them win a championship and it, it's huge like you, you know it's obviously good but it's the reactions of other people that you know you get to and I've always experienced at a high level and two years ago when we lost in the semi-final to see those you know um, faces of you know being emotional because they're so close to getting a grand final it's sort of that motivation to get back there and hopefully win a, a championship of this club that's never won an SPL title so exciting times the club's growing a lot you know they've, they've invested a lot in to the into the club and and I'm working hard in terms of to work out the juniors and stuff just so for me it's about the long term uh, sustained success of, of basketball for me it's you know whilst irrespective I play for Rockingham I want success all across the board in junior basketball and stuff like that I just w- worked out this morning with with a bunch of uh, you know junior like Wolves kids and stuff like that just because for me that's that's huge you know you don't want to just be focusing on one program and and obviously we're seeing a little bit of golden patch I guess with juniors coming through Luke Travers Wani who mm. we haven't had many too many Western Australia players in the past um, so now to hopefully we can continue that trend Fantastic. Well, let's talk about the yeah. uh, the Cats, mate, because it was another 2-0 weekend or <laughs> yeah. week for them. Uh, getting the win up in Cairns, you always yeah. got the feeling that they were going to take care of Cairns after two yeah. consecutive yeah. losses to them earlier in the season and then coming back here, backing it up some yeah. 40 hours later against Brisbane yeah. as well. Um, what caught your eye in the Cairns game? I mean, to me, something that stood out was the small ball lineup down yeah, the stretch. So Perth was, was down and sort of late in that game. Um, Brisbane as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they're logging minutes without either Majuk or mm. Dario Hunt at the five. So Nick Kay's been at yep, the five yep. for Stance and also Reese um, Vague as well. What kind of different look does that give them? Do you like that? Do you think they should use it more? Have they used it the right amount? What sort of uh, was your takeaway from yeah, that? Yeah, well, I think it, it complements the way that they're, they're playing. And right now, I mean, I think they would, would love more output from uh Dario, I think. I mean, I think Majok's doing a really good in his role. Is when he gets in there, he's not, you know, he's not a focal piece. Um, and so, yeah, he crashes the ball as hard as players with the right mindset and doing all that sort of stuff. I think, you know, unfortunately, right now Dario is just getting himself in too many foul situations, and even coming off the bench, he's still. And I think he really needs to be able to adapt. Like, yeah, they're questionable calls, no doubt, but it's been happening, and it's now halfway through the season yeah so I think they they obviously do need that Um, so yeah they're going to use that lineup, and you see that I mean there's not too many traditional bigs anymore like even Nate wasn't played against Cairns you know even Bogut got in foul trouble Sean Long yeah Yeah, like all these sort of guys traditionally and that's the thing like Cairns play Oliver at the five a lot Majox they're for the luxury and Brisbane whilst um yeah, they had Hodgson and, and Magne, which I had to have a laugh. Like, they interviewed Hodjo after the game and he 
called out his teammates. I'm not sure if that was the right timing to do that, but sort of said, oh, yep, look, um, they discussed that. Oh, yeah, we've got, you had a strength, you had, you know, had an advantage on the bigs. Yeah. And uh, he sort of said, yeah, well, we, we thought so, but we didn't go inside enough. I didn't get enough looks. So, yeah, they've got some issues there. Yeah, so for me, issues. I was like, yeah, you can agree with that and make that statement, make it in-house. It's sort of, I just looked at it as a very, my ears sort of perked up. I went, yeah, that's not an ideal uh, situation to, to say it in. But, so yeah, look, I think that 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 lineup works right now, and um, you know, I, I had I had a laugh. I was actually as I was walking out and thinking about the show yesterday when we were talking, I sort of had a laugh and a bit of a chuckle to myself because only after that Adelaide loss, um, it was like the roof was caving in, like you yeah. know, in terms of that, like from a fan's perspective and that, and I just, you know, it just it comes back to that like. 2-0 this week. They went 4-0 against like arguably very talented outfits and they need to after being on the road mm. for so long and four games in eight days go for it. And then they come back and they yeah, they get a 2-0 weekend. Um, and it's just their mainstays. Like, I thought what what takes to be a superb team and like arguably in, against the Brisbane game... Um, and yeah, um, yeah. Like when I saw it, even against Cairns, I was like, I just knew they were going to win. Like even like the momentum may have gone Cairns' way. I was like, Wildcats are just going to start. They start in the fourth quarter against Brisbane on a flurry. They start against Cairns, mm-hmm. like these guys. And when the game's decided or is to be decided, you just know, like you you have utmost confidence and going, all right, I'll give the ball to Bryce or I'll give it to Tariko, and they'll make either the right play or they'll score. I couldn't, when I was watching the Brisbane game, I was like, who are you going to give that ball to and go, yep, get me a bucket or mm. get me a look? Like, Patterson's your guy, but he was not really a significant factor all game. Like, yeah, he did well, but not, you know, I just look and went like, unless, yeah, like those two, that's just such a potent lineup. Like, even the numbers, like Bryce had a, a slow start to the game or didn't yep. get the looks and then goes berserk. Yep. Like, you just sort of laugh and go like, in the midst of everything that's going on, like they just stay constant, like they don't have those ebbs and flows, and still guys still can play better. I know Mitch is obviously not playing the best basketball that he's accustomed to. Clint's playing well, like got confidence, and that's the one thing that was always uh, an issue was his his uh, mental aptitude. Yep. Not saying didn't approach the right way, just confidence wise, and he's playing like really well. And and Jesse and I said this in the very first uh, episode this year, like. Jesse had suffered a significant injury last mm-hmm. year to his fingers and it was the same when you talk about the magnitude it was the same injury as what a, a, a player suffers an ACL injury and he with his fingers in terms of that now he's a shooter and so you know he couldn't do that sort of stuff and now we're just seeing that like um, yeah so look it, it's funny like I just sort of had a bit of a chuckle the one thing I look at in this year and last year is they're healthy they've missed one game my wife said it goes you know when we're talking about difference of years and you know the strength of schedule and all this sort of stuff mm. and I look at it and go well last year um, I can't remember like, the time when the whole lineup was held. we were I remember one my wife said like we played New Zealand and there was like three starters missing yep. um, this year they've missed one game from Tariko that's that's you know in terms of that one he's obviously missed a bit and was never going to be a, a huge piece like mm-hmm. you have his moments but and that's that's been huge for them. They've stayed relatively healthy, and you're seeing that across the league. Sydney have been relatively healthy, sitting on top of the ladder and Wildcats, and then everyone else, and we'll talk, touch on it, 
important pieces haven't been healthy. Southeast Melbourne with Wesley, Casey with uh, Melbourne. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, interesting times, but yeah, pretty crazy that they're just rolling along. Yeah, I think I think Jesse's been used really well. Yeah. We've seen him come to the fore, sort of late third, early yeah. fourth in that rotation, and yeah. and he's just as just coming up with before, really so smart, smart plays. He's yeah, very crafty. and even he knows that, how to get calls exactly gets the gets the, an odd loose ball. Um, you know that they've got confidence that Bryce can go, and this is the thing when he gets rolling, he can dump it off, and he, you know, that's the thing. He he'll shoot like he'll have these and. He'll have a game where he goes 0 for 7 or goes 0 from 8 and you'll hear calls of retirement and he's done and dusted and all this. But then you don't like look at it, the the 4 or 5 where he's double figures or he had like one game where I think he had 4 O boards, just possession, 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 mm. you know, just taps outs and um, gets There's, a huge yeah, charge Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's stuff like, that don't show yeah, up in the Yeah, exactly. And, and you just go like... Um, Trev knows that's like even like Trev would put me in games where because he had to trust me and he's got that with with Jesse he knows he's Mr. Dependable especially in four if he plays that lineup and he'll roll with it and, that, and they're just they're steaming at the moment it's, yeah. it's pretty nice to see yeah it, it's a good point you raise about that confidence um, and, and this is something that Perth's obviously built up yeah. through many many years now where they have that confidence to yeah. even if they're down in the second half or whatever it is it, it sort of works both ways I feel because not only does Perth have that confidence that hey we've seen this movie before we can yeah. get through this thing yeah. but as an opposition as well yep. surely there must be a, a little bit in your mind where you're just like these guys are going to pull out this win aren't they that must be somewhere in the back recesses of your mind when it's coming down towards you know down the stretch of a game where you're thinking I've seen Perth pull out these wins <sighs> so often before are they going to do this again? And that's the thing. That's their identity. And you hear about it. You hear it from Mitch Creek talking about when they lost against Adelaide. Uh, they're a new organisation, new team. They're still trying to figure out ways to win. And you see that with like the Wildcats. Like There's been so many times like throughout the season, um, go against New Zealand, they lose, I think, on the first of the road trip or whatever and then they back up play New Zealand um, mm-hmm. might have been against Cairns and then they have to you know travel the craziest road. it wasn't even in Auckland they travel yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they just go like I knew straight away like they're going to win that they like they sort of love that like backs against the wall not oh we've got to write our own story but it's just like they've never we've never had um you know, like uh, an attitude, oh, like we feel sorry for us. Not saying other other clubs do, but you hear it. Like even in the mindset, and it's just that's you just get it. You get it done. You get your business done, and um, and that's what you're recruiting high character guys like Nick Hayes, Mitch Nordens, mm. um, you know, guys that um, yeah might not be the flashiest, but you just know that they're just going to continue working. Like you know, um, like I spoke to Mitch. Like he, I know he, um, yeah, you can see in body language and stuff like that like yeah it's it's just around the corner because you know come today or a day off like they're in their their bus and tail not just what you know playing the game and figuring it out on the court but they're watching video they're getting feedback from coaches Mm. and they don't when things are going great they don't get excited um and start piping up and yeah they they remain moderate and that's what you see with that success so yeah it's sort of funny because even that and i and i said that a few weeks ago completely different team even when stuff was going on and it was easy to implode and all that of stuff but the identity of that yeah we've been in this situation before 
relax. You know, it's been a lot worse. Um, we sat at the bottom table. There was calls for roster cuts. Like, yeah, we just lost a few games. You can't win them all. Mm. And you know what? Adelaide are rolling at the moment as well and, and yeah. stuff like that. And um, yeah, I think, yeah, they're, they're, they're fine. There's, there's just such a high standard because, as you say, when we spoke about that, uh, that Adelaide loss which yeah. was only two weeks ago, um, and in terms of you know what's going wrong is yeah. Perth were eight and five at that point. There's <laughs> yeah. teams that would kill to be eight and five and yeah, having yeah. those kind of quote yeah, unquote problems. Exactly. Um, Nick Hayes had a monster oh, fortnight mate. and he's trying to bring a bit of that flash, a couple of one-handed dunks. That on, dunk uh, was a Saturday. sneaky. Yeah, I don't know whether it was just because. Um, did the commentary like crew get nah, get hyped enough nah, for that? But even that, like, I mean, the, I always loved the bench reactions, and it was a bit slow, like, yeah. oh, what the hell? Because it wasn't expected. But yeah. I think because it wasn't like a flush, yeah, like went straight down, and there was no like Nick just ran down the court, yeah, and like there was no fuss about it. But like, yeah, it was huge. Like it was like on Magne's head, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't clean. But I it mean, sneaky, good. you know, if he blocked it, it would have been going all, all over the spot. I mean, I saw. Cam Oliver um, try and yoke it on Benson yesterday and that was tweeted by the NBL saying like and it was a missed dunk and yeah. I was just like yeah Nick actually caught a body like yep. it was very good but yeah now you've seen that and I think that's the thing is you know during that stretch where they were gone like you got to think about now their schedule and Bryce said it last night I don't think they have a double header for the rest of the season um, that the schedule lot, is, yeah. is down like they've had a, a brutal stretch and usually the this whole you know obviously now change the, the format the tennis tournament but that's usually after this. Now, like, they're sort of looking and going, we don't actually have that bad of a stretch. Like, they've, yeah. they've the, had a brutal stretch. The, even the two like, biggest things in your schedule, right, are away games yeah. and those doubles. Correct. And Perth's yeah. more than exhausted. Uh, yeah, exactly right. And, now, and, so. and saying that, like, they've always... Doubleheaders have never been, like, this big thing because always, if you lost one, you're like, can't wait. You're we, get they respond. Yeah. I'd love to see... Uh, that over the history of clubs and a double header when they what's their ratio of winning it when they lose that first one what's the, the the next one like what's the result because yeah usually you'd be like sweet like if you lost one and you play a week later like you're still chewing and you're just like oh, this is, <laughs> we're just absolutely smashing ourselves and then by the end of it but whereas a game you know it felt pretty good because you had a day of reflection you'd travel watch the game mm-hmm get uh, chewed out a little bit by the coaches and you're playing if you win that's it like it's forgotten about whereas if you lose and play a week later you get chewed out for four days yeah (laughs) you watch the same clip four days in a row so you're always happy for a quick turn yeah yeah now that's that's definitely going to factor into the schedule coming home and just looking at I've touted it a couple of times but South East Melbourne um, the the home stretch that they've had I'll just look at their schedule for this week they're at New Zealand and then at Sydney yeah that those kind of doubles and road games are going to come real quickly for them and I think reality is going to follow. Yep. Um, a few words on Damo's 300th for the Wildcats. He gave you a shout out actually <laughs> yeah. in terms of uh, running onto the court with his <laughs> two kids. Are you, did did he have to seek sort of copyright approval from you here? Were you the nah, inspiration? I knew he would though because he asked a few times like even when I retired I remember it was like we were having a um, a red wine in the off season, and yeah. he sort of said, "Like, hey, from that moment when you walked, uh, like, went onto the like the last your last game, how did that come about?" And I was just like, "Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's your last game, and yeah, you know, I always love it, you know, like in the footy sort of things when you try and like 
they come on their 150th and 200th yeah. and you see that so um, yeah sort of uh, I, I didn't see the start of the game but more off was like saw it and she was like oh I, uh, they went on so it was, it was pretty cool um, and I always loved the reaction like even like I look close just being a parent so you sort of see your kids but like as they went on like Maggie obviously was a bit frightened and came a little bit closer to yeah, him yeah. and stuff like that but it was cool and you know what an awesome you know it's funny it's the as much as he downplays it and we everyone sort of I still think he's a you know the way he impacts the game on both ends like I mean sets up teammates and does that and yeah you know he's not shooting well this year and as as, as efficient scoring as he would have liked to mean but it's funny just in his 300th game one of his you know, game that's going to go down as memorable gets a donut um, <laughs> like in, in his way but still gets like eight rebounds yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, you could have not been more demo like I guess except of getting yeah, was not, quite nine fitting. steals yep, um, yep. but yeah it was good I was glad the boys generally uh, I remember my 200th we lost um, so like in Molso games we haven't been it's always been the case you sort of see that but yeah it's pretty cool to see him share that moment with his um, with his daughters that's for yep. sure um, and we have to touch on one of your other former teammates Jared <sighs> Kenny down the stretch against yeah, might, that hair might be getting a snip the Phoenix yeah that, that was one of the first things I thought about actually up six with the ball uh, 25 seconds left and uh, two pretty I was absolutely turnovers. gutted and I don't even know how to approach this because I'm obviously close with him but yeah. as a player you would have known and you know you'd go on that one play defines the game but it's two plays yeah. um, and look he, he had an absolute like great game like and I was hating the commentary because like he hit a third and I'm like oh Jared Kenny Christmas has come early I didn't even realise his three point percentage but like harped on it and then um, he made a second one in the fourth and he was playing great defense and mm. yeah and I sort of and the thing was is I was, as I saw him um, and as you spoke about just before before the show like he pulled it out a little bit of leadership oh look I don't won't, won't need to score we're up six and he just was a bit nonchalant and a bit relaxed with his pass and that mm. happens and then yeah, it was just that chain reaction of things makes that. And I was like, oh, I don't even know if he should be the guy in bed. I'm not saying that, but just he just committed a turnover. That's yeah. obviously playing in your head. And there's so many things like, why didn't they foul and, and give an opportunity too tired? And uh, obviously, on unsportsmanlike, but all those sort of things. And yeah, yeah you, you, was, you definitely have the unsportsmanlike yeah, in but, your head. But, um, but yeah, and then like it was. I, I, like as soon as that happened and they had the opportunity and went into overtime I was like they're running mm. away I mean that was an unbelievable performance but I couldn't help but be captivated of how how that went about like he just every single shot didn't look like missing he just completely it was John Robertson well, yeah, yeah it was yep. like a sight to see it was like one of those things that yeah, should should be spoken about. We on how all that rules. It should be you know in three years time you'd be like, oh, that was one of the the better perform. Crazy. If you were there, crazy. It's like finish. when we spoke about Jermaine Bill scoring forty, yes. he scored like what twenty one and twenty five, and like in the last six minutes, like yeah. it was ridiculous. It was a, it was a pretty fun thing to see. Just not good to see one of your best That's mates right. be involved in it. Um, just quickly, how as as a teammate, how do you handle that with if you're a teammate of Jared's and you're walking into the locker room after the game is it we're leaving him alone because you yeah, know how much he's hurting Do, yeah, is there anything leave, that you can say or you, should say or you leave that and you just leave it for a while you leave that and don't even speak about it because irrespective of as a player I remember even I spoke about it when against Townsville missed a couple of free throws I think and then had a bad rotation we lost and I you know I knew like I was like no I definitely lost the game like if I didn't do that 
stupid rotation. Leon Henry doesn't get the shot. Um, and everyone would say, oh, oh it's was not this the one player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, like, is, this is like a 62, 59 kind of game. Nah, it was like later on. It was we... Oh, we I got brought on like late and kind of I think it was a year we sort of were struggling a little bit. No, I don't can't remember. But we, yeah, played them and I got subbed on late and I ended up like making it play and then had two free throws, missed both free throws and the ensuing possession like rotated down a drive, and we we're up two I think yeah and I went to like close I wasn't wasn't even supposed to I just yeah got caught trying to make a play mm-hmm. and they kicked out Leonard Henry hits a three and, and wins the game and like I remember sitting there going like Far out. that was the worst thing I could have done and not knowing it and then like no one said any, anything oh look it's only one it's it's not the one play they always hit coaches it's one play like if you miss and I was like oh, mate I know it was me, like, yes, and yeah. uh, and it was literally the only thing. Trev hit me up at the airport the next day. We we're playing against Illawarra, and was like tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Mate, um, beautiful thing is we get to back it up tomorrow, and yeah. that's the opportunity to redeem yourself." And I ended up having like a double double, which was nice. So that was perfect time. But he would know, and one guy. The one thing, and this is what with televised games, and this is now if you watch it, is you and I I watch this is body language and all that. Like in that in that instance of seeing that, Mirko Jerick was like looked livid and like Nate Jai was uh, talking to him about it you know as a teammate I would hate to see that as another teammate obviously you're livid and you want to be in those instances and you you, yep. you know but I'd be looking at that and going like mate you're my teammate like you don't need to mm. yeah I, I know what I did wrong so I'd be looking at that and being gone you know like that's what I'd be looking at um, from the group and going this is how we move on but that will speak about it, I'm sure in, in the in the rooms yeah that's that's definitely one of those times where you want the game coming oh. in two days time or yeah, wherever yeah, it is exactly. which unfortunately Jared doesn't get until yeah. next weekend mate let's get into some mid-season yes. awards yep. so we're halfway through tick over halfway through I think for most if not all teams yep um, let's go through it mate start with the MVP yes uh, I'll let you go yeah, got? look, so I'm going to go both who I think is going to win it at the end of the season and then who I think will, like, who deserves it. Okay. So right now, I think Bryce Cotton deserves it, but I think who will win it is Mitch Creek. Oh, that's exactly the same yes. as me. So That's exactly the same. So the voting system is Creek is going to have yeah. fewer guys to take Correct. votes off him. Correct. And I think Including Wesley being out for most of the season thus far. Yeah. Robertson yeah. only stepping up yeah. in bits and pieces. Yeah. And I think he'll win enough games and even they'll see his impact. So if they can... It will come down, and this is the voting, is playoffs. So if they sneak... The only issue he won't get MVP is if he's not in that fourth spot because yeah. I think he gets it because they'll look at it and go first time organisation come back there's an infatuation there's a love from the league marketing all that sort of stuff yeah yep. um, rightfully so he's a heck of a player yep. but they'll go okay he's basically carried this team to this, this spot whereas yeah it's that it's the funny thing of like coach of the year and they spoke about it on the telecast like why is Trev not recognised for winning four championships and yes. it's like oh they're high resource they're a successful club they don't like shouldn't be acknowledged like 
how Bryce wasn't, you know, runner-up MVP or MVP last year was dumbfounding to me. And I think it comes back to, oh, yeah, no, nah, he's good. But, you know, like, it, it won't get the MVP. Yeah, I think there's a bit of, there's an element of voter fatigue yes. with this sort of stuff. And for Bryce to be consistently performing yeah. at a higher level, Mitch Creek's just come back yeah, into the league. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I actually think that, yeah, so I've if I'm voting, sorry, if I'm assessing it right now, I think yeah. Creek's probably in front. Um, I think by season's end, I think Bryce will be in front just yep. because I think that the Phoenix are going to hit a wall and yep. fall away and, and Mitch won't have yep. that amount of wins. Yep. Um, we might as well do coach because you just jumped into coach. I think the coach of the year thing yeah. has always kind of been an expectation versus reality. Mm, yeah, the thing I that agree. kills Trev is that there's always such a high expectation yeah, for Perth because they're constantly expected to be title contenders and constantly are title contenders. Yes, yeah. Um, and then people look at Coach of the Year and so often it's who has performed way above the expectation Correct. with the group that they've got. I'm subscribing to that theory for this one and it's Mike Kelly from Cairns. What he's been able to do with that yeah. group, they were, as you said, I think last week, they were 0-12 or something yep. to start last season. Yep. Yep. They yep. lost Mellow Trimble. We didn't think this squad was going to be amazing on paper and somehow I mean as we spoke about they should have won that game against South East Melbourne and been 8-8 eight and eight. somehow they're right there in the playoff picture um, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that yeah. in his second season so he's my pick right now yeah I um, and that yeah I agree like it's going to be that's the thing it, I mean obviously at the midway mark I'm the, yeah I'd say the same with that roster and it, it's interesting so I'm thinking at uh, this way but then I'm like Will Weaver deserves it. They've what lost one, what two games now? Three, three. Sorry, yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, they lost. Yeah, back then. So two of them. <laughs> but then, yeah, with the resources, they're expected to do well. Correct. But then at the same time, he's taken them to another yeah, level. Yeah. So I look at it, but then, but then like Joey Wright, like what he they're in the playoff picture, and I think they will get fourth. Like the way that they're playing. Yep. Um, who would have thought their roster, you know, like, and they were, again... And they've figured it out a bit over the past oh, few weeks. Oh, three yeah. at the start of the year, everyone's, like, riding them off, and yep. now they're, yeah, like, they're playing fearless, so, like that. Uh, but I think um, it will come down at the end of the season. For me, again, is that romanticising, like, if Cairns slide into fourth, yeah, they'll, Mike Kelly will get it. Um, Joey, but then it depends if Sydney keep going I think Will Weaver will get it um, off that sake of if how dominant their regular season is and first thing yeah um, if like, they yeah. yeah if they finish you know 23 and 5 or something correct and yeah the next is, is yeah like four losses after him yeah. and I think he makes too much of a point because of their roster but it's the same deal though he's a first time coach so that you haven't got that effect of okay you know like it's like Trev won coach of the year with Townsend where they were they were successful but not but because of their resources they're like oh they weren't expected to do well so we're going to give it to him now he comes to Wildcats does do well and they're yeah. like nah you know like yeah <laughs> you, you should have done well yeah it's, it's a really strange one that coach yeah. of the year one um, defensive player of the year is this Andrew Bogut or is someone oh, else stepping up here? And I, I've just been looking because I've been... It's such an interesting I've, case. I've got Bogut down almost by default. He won it last year. I think he's still probably the best defensive player and just in terms of the way that he just about warps offences and makes you do something different. Yeah, it's such an interesting... He's still the most commanding defensive yeah. presence in the league, I think, with respect to Damon See, I'm going to well. put a, a sneaky one who I do think... 
when when I watch the games and there's no one that I'm I look at it and go okay fair enough so yeah completely agree he has changed the way the game is but then at the same time as that whole system but then if the way the Wildcats beat him and Cairns beat him like letting him stay, stay in the key range sure. shoot twos is that sure. a, like a, a strong defensive player but then yes yeah, the way they they play and you do and then they win and they absolutely pants Melbourne by the same style that they mm. played and him doing that yeah the one person I would recognise is Sunday Detch um, because yeah, good um, I've seen him go and so I, I compare him and Damo right now but like Damo like I haven't seen like he isn't as impactful as he was and I've seen point guards have their way with him and all that sort of stuff and um, you know to, to the way he is now he's obviously still huge and it's because again like you put Damo on such high standards mm-hmm. but I look at Sunday and go like there's been a lot of guys that he's gone against that I haven't really felt like they've had their way and gone nuts but I don't think he's ever going to be in the case because he's not a big name as of yet, you know, and he's not getting enough draw cards. Like even that, like I, you know, I saw other people mention DJ Nubal and then uh, Bogues and Long. Long is no way in the defensive player conversation because I'm seeing other five men dominate and get Correct. season highs or yes. career high. Yes. But yeah, I agree. Both I will think will get it because that, but I'll, I'll, for me right now, I put Sunday Detch in that role because for me, he's he's actually done a really good job on, on, on his opposition and that's the one I've looked at and gone, you know what, he's actually limited averages and all that sort of stuff. So I put him yep. as, a, as a bit of a there. Okay. Um, rookie of the year, I've gone Kewet Noy from Cairns. Uh, this is obviously a crystal ball right sorry you think Lamelo is not going to be back yeah but yeah I'd, is Lamelo eligible is the next that stars is, yeah next so, stars are yeah, yeah okay yeah. so yeah I, I don't particularly like that <laughs> no, I agree. because I think they're effectively yep. imports and yes, imports have never been eligible for rookies so I'm but taking a local yeah yeah um but also, yeah, I mean, that's a really good conversation to have if Lamelo doesn't come back, as we kind of expect. Yep, yep, yep. Has he got enough of a body of work through the, what, 12 or 13 games that he played Correct. to be Rookie of the Year when he Correct. hasn't played half a season? So that's going to be yeah. a tough one for and judges. And the league will be upset because then they will be like, do we give it to him? And even though he doesn't deserve it, but it's good for us and our marketing. But... I think uh, on those accounts, I think, because I don't think Lamelo's coming back. So I think Didi Lozada's going to get it. Okay. Um, just because, yeah, he's in, in the mix and quite and always been up and down, as has Didi has been. But yeah. I think even if you look at averages and, and all that sort of stuff, and it still ticks the box of the marketing. He like, does. Oh, he <laughs> so, does. But he's not so really sick. a rookie, but that's okay. No, nah, but that's they're legible next yeah. stars for some reason. Yeah, fair enough. Um, most improved is going to be really interesting. So yeah. I'm guessing you're taking some. Sunday here. Yeah, and that's so for me. Can I throw another name here? Sean Bruce. Oh, yeah, and I'm with because you. Because that's kind of an asterisk Correct. one where it's like, well, he was barely in the league last no. year. We know what he can do as a basically a veteran of the league, but he has been unreal. Unreal. So this no. is going to be a great battle between a few different guys. Yeah, and so the, everyone, Dane Pino is the obvious choice. Yeah, Dane's there as well. Yep. barely played last year for Sydney um, and has come into that light position and has done really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still still played minutes and yeah, I um, think those other two guys are ahead of him. I think Bruce and because yeah, I look at it, it's like sort of if there was like in the NFL do it like the comeback player of the year, like that is like there, you yeah. know, like yeah. um, because I look at like Sunday, yeah, he played. That's the thing, like 
Paddy you equated because he played five games. Now, if he plays 25 games, you know, and then they're like, well, yeah, he ended up averaging six points and now he's averaging nine. Like, but yeah, he played five and got, and same as Bruce, like barely played mm-hmm. and then couldn't get a roster. Um, and now is like, yeah, he was, I watched him against Melbourne. Like, he was like unbelievable, like in his playmaking ability. Yeah. Like, he, like, he's up top 10 in assists yeah. coming off he's the bench really and shooting really, time. really well. Yep. So, um, especially if Kev going down hurt. But yeah, I think what's going to happen is, yeah, Dane Pino is going to be just like going. And I think there'll be. Yeah, I think Sean may slightly jump off and regress a little bit. And I think Sunday with these two imports will go. But I don't think with Pino, what they're, because they're not going to make a change. And, mm. um, like, I don't think Wesley changes that. Like, his minutes still, like, yeah, like Wesley kind of comes yeah. to the fore and then For, Creek goes shifts down. So he's still going to yeah. play. Like, yeah. he played a lot yesterday. Yeah. Okay. And then the last, uh, I think the last one, yeah, is our All Star Five. Yes. So, good. good let one. me roll out my five and then we'll see what you yep, reckon. Perfect. So, Casper, we're at the point. Yep. Bryce Cotton at the two. I've put Mitch Creek at the three, which is yeah, kind of a cheat okay. and kind of isn't because yeah. he is a three. He's been playing at the four. He will play at the three for the rest of the season, you think. But you need to fit someone else. And in, I need so. to fit someone else. <laughs> yeah. um, I've gone Nick Kay at the four and yeah. then Bogut at the five. Now, yeah, makes sense. Kay, a lot of people might furrow their brows at Kay. Kay's got the second highest player efficiency rating of anyone in the league right now. And that's that's one of the most Nick K things because, as we say, he probably didn't have a great stretch there, but he's still been super efficient and particularly his last fortnight, as we said yeah. before, has been large. So w- is there anything that you'd change from that five? Yeah, so I would go Machado as my point. Okay, that was, um, a, that was a tough one. Yeah, I love his game, but I just think, again, it's, so this is what it's going to come down to, and it's, it could be very interesting if they like because even that like how if Sydney finished so high on top yeah. how do you not have or if Cairns fall a hell of a way as well yeah correct so but then that's where I go because even this is where I see it happening is Cairns and Adelaide will finish fourth yep so then and Randall's been on a tear and Machado but then yeah but I think Machado carries that team so I'll go with him Bryce to the two mm-hmm. um, I'm still going I'm going Lamar Patterson at the three because okay, yep. I think without um, him Brisbane wouldn't even win a game maybe okay. um, close Creek at the four because that's where he's playing like even though Wesley yep. and Creek does that so you're then, disrespecting Nick K okay yep. yeah I, I am but okay, sure. Creek's had a better body of work unfortunately he's in it well I, I put him as an MVP <laughs> Yeah, so, no, Craig's, Craig's got to be yeah, in there. It's yeah, just yeah. a matter of whether you have him at the three uh, or the four. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, he's not playing at the three. He plays. He starts at the three and then plays thirty-eight minutes at the, the four. There's a bit of for, there's a bit of forecasting in this <laughs> yeah. as well, though. And then uh, Bogues at the five, but yeah, yeah. So that'd be. And then can't say, I can't wait to see Sean Long absolutely like spit it again. Like, yeah, but if Sean Long wants to be in this conversation, he has to start beating Bogut. Correct. Like when they're up against each other, right? Yeah, can't foul out in 12 minutes. Yeah. Like I would have been licking my lips if I, like, Bogus fouls out. Every time Bogus got a foul, Long got a foul two minutes later. Mm. I didn't, it didn't make sense. Like, and there was yeah. one time even there was a travel before a foul and he would have got his fifth foul. Like, and I was like, why are you even trying to block him? Mm-hmm. Like, it's. <laughs> You are you're arguably your most important player. Offen- offensively, yeah, you were. They weren't scoring at all, and he was scoring at will. Why would you put yourselves in a position? But yeah, 
Yeah, oh. this is this is where I I have a big question mark over Sean Long and and in yeah, a, in a big playoff success. game yes. or something Correct. like that. I you agree. just wonder if I he agree. has if he's if there's no. something boneheaded coming and no. um, he's going to be a liability. We'll smash out one quick Twitter question because we're running way yeah. over time. This is from our old friend Adam Westerhout. What do you think the Cats do next year if Damo retires and or Cotton naturalizes? So this is. Yep. This is a big hypothetical, obviously. It's a, a realistic possibility yeah. that, that this is Damo's last season. Yep. It's also a very realistic po- possibility that yep. Bryce is not an import next yep. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, application's gone through, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Perth Perth has been blessed with franchise point guards when you think about Mike Ellis yep. through the 80s, Ricky Grace after that, yep. um, and then what Damo's been able to do this yep. decade. Yeah. Do you look to an import point yeah. when you consider how many point guards around the league are star import guys yeah, now? Yeah. Damo's been a unicorn in the for fact sure. that he's been an Australian a luxury gun. to have that for sure. Do you look to or do you anoint Mitch and say Mitch is the next guy in there? Yeah, and that's and that would have been the case a year ago. Like they would have done that, and but do they like in a, a club standpoint right now? Um, yeah, I. I arguably think they would uh, get an import point like just the way the league is going and to have that like yeah that and, and especially and if cotton frees up an import spot and you could have an import and the thing is is um as we're seeing now it's a lot harder to get a quality big that you yes. know is going to do well yes 100%. um and hit a home run off that piece then an import point like you know you, like look across the league as to one position like even that like four point guards had unbelievable like performances all weekend Casper yeah, yeah, Ware yeah. John Robertson you know Jerome Randall like Bryce you know like so yeah it just goes the makeshift though like um, so I think yeah they'll, they'll go that route um, knowing that you've got Mitch and you, you, you know you can get that um do I think it's the right move? Oh, who knows? But like, I mean, that's hopefully like it's just the way the club's accustomed to and looking at current performance. You know, like uh, last year and all that. Like, I and no, yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, he anointed himself as the next player, and I, I have utmost confidence that he could do that position and be mm-hmm. the starter. Um, but then we're you're not going to have a luxury and then go. All right, well, we're going to get another import big you know when right now there's question marks regarding that position and and how what output they're getting there and you wouldn't have a backup big import yeah this is the thing if you you sort of project forward and go if bryce is naturalized then you your three import and you assume that nick Cave is still rolling at the four which he is then your three imports are at the one three and the five right correct yeah and so that's the thing you'd go and that's the thing It, it happens like if say which i hope doesn't ha- be the case but if nick leaves you yeah. know and then goes uh yes all right we need to get a legit big like mm. we that we know is gonna and you go all right we'll put mitch as the starter and then we go a, a, a budget import at the back you know, to, to back him up mm-hmm. um but right now that's where i think because i think the whole dynamic will change when Damo leaves, um, because yeah, defensively, yeah, you had that those sort of a two-headed monster all the time, you know, from Brad Robbins to him to Mitch and even like J.K. and all those guys, you know. But um, yeah, such a defensive influence. Yeah, you you would you would go that that scope. So that's what I would think they would go is go all right, import point. Um, 
and then do that until yeah you sort of see but that depends on if everyone stays mm. and I'm not fully confident Nick K will stay are you not nah I don't think so I think wow um, and that's not because I've had a discussion with Nick I can promise you that yeah, that's yeah, nothing yeah. like that but I just think he's he's quite young obviously and he's performed at every level and his World Cup campaigns um, just look at him and going you know like if he wins a couple like that's the thing the Wildcats are always here you know um, whether they can compete with that sort of money I don't know cause so I, you're talking about potentially heading yeah, to Europe or something yeah, like that yeah yeah, yeah. I, I just see that and go yeah there's a yeah a club like that would, that would throw 800 to a million dollars you know like mm, that's, that's like tough that. money to, to ignore yeah if, right? if the Wildcats can can ch- uh, challenge that you know like and it's you know he's relatively young like he's just got into here there's not not loyalty as such not, like he's obviously a loyal guy but you know he's not like he owes the club anything he can come back it's the same s- situation of why Angus sort of was like you know I can I can come back in two three years and do that like yeah. it's as much as the league's growing one financially the incentive but yeah you want to you know like do Euroleague you want to be going up against Barcelona and Madrid and all these like um, so I just think like that's the case he's you know it's it's not like he he stays he goes to New Zealand and plays he loves the game of basketball he wants to continue bettering himself and putting himself in the best situation and you know, if they won a championship here, he goes, oh, I've already won two. You know, like, what more do I, you know, I've, I've done, I've added to it, went to World Cup, Olympics, all this, you know, I want to go to the Olympics. Like, what does what he put himself in the best situation yeah, to succeed? Okay. So, yeah, I'm not, if, he could, he can tweet if he listens to the show so, and say. So, so and, the message oh, from Greg Hire is don't win the title this year because then you might lose Nick K. Or Nick K stopped playing so good so your <laughs> your stock isn't so high. I, I don't uh-huh. think that one's a possibility. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we'll see how but we yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. There's your headline this week. Nick K out. And then I'll get a message from Says Troy higher. saying, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, I think we might leave <laughs> with the mid-season awards and we'll let Jacob Chance find there that in the, uh, the 40-minute mark of the podcast. Mate, he sent me a message. Has after, he? Yeah, and he said, he goes, you know I do listen. And then I was like, of so, so Chance, he makes it this deep into every podcast. Well, that's a good thing, right? So, so he'd be listening right yeah, now. Yeah, so he'll be like, wow, I finally got a call out with 40 seconds left. <laughs> 40, 46 minute segment <laughs> he's probably just going to start tuning in for like the last know, five minutes because exactly he knows right. that's when he's going to get a shout out start. did you get my shout out it was, it was at the 23rd <laughs> minute mark said you're the best assistant coach anyone's <laughs> ever seen in the league that's not a true story um, <laughs> crystal ball time mate we got to let you get out of here fell flat you fell flat because oh. you thought Sydney would fall flat and, and yeah. they absolutely destroyed yeah, Melbourne a, from the get go um, too I was like oh, yeah, man, that, yeah that game was over early mine's the slow burn with Lamella so uh, Lamelo didn't play the weekend, so that one's still yeah. looking pretty good. Um, I'll take an easy one here. Tariko White to carve up Melbourne again. Yes. He loves it. He loves Melbourne. They he matches up well against, uh, this is in Perth on Saturday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no Casey Prather as well, which is going to make life a little bit easier potentially for the Wildcats in terms of taking away that depth from United. I'm going Tariko 25 plus. Well, okay, well, I'll go with that because I'm, I'm all about him at the moment. They won't lose... Until the new year, so don't know how many games there are. What two games? Um, well, to our next next time we speak on this show, 
they won't lose a game. Wow. Okay. So if we don't they've talk got, till March. They've got, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just keep it rolling. They've got Sydney on the road in there somewhere. Yeah, I got them. Yeah? Yeah, confident. Yeah, right. I suck so bad at my crystal ball, I'm going to just keep going out <laughs> of the list. You started the season 100%. I know, but that's me. And then it's just falling yeah, away oh, so quickly. Like, yeah. I wish we didn't, you know, like I know you do your, uh, you used to do the weekly punt. I'd be like doubling up. That's See, see I've, got to, I've got to disclose something here. For those, for the one person who follows the weekly punt in the Sunday Times that I do with uh, Ben Robinson, my yeah. colleague, my bet, one of my bets this week for Sunday was the two outsiders on NBL Sunday. So Adelaide to beat New Zealand, which yes. they did thanks to yeah. Randall, and then Cairns to get oh. over South East Melbourne. So that's why I was watching the end of that game thinking, oh yeah, up six, 25 and seconds left. Jared yeah. Kenny, you just don't do anything silly and we'll be, oh, oh no. Wow. So that blew and my bet. That, would that been a good little, like... Payout? It was oh, I was paying yeah, nearly five bucks I think. Yeah, okay. the two outsiders. I thought oh, lucky that's it's not real money. Day. It's lucky it's not real money, but it is charity money. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Jared let down yeah, some no. uh, some charity cause there as well as uh, the Thai fan. So yeah. JK, if you're listening, I'm sorry, shave your but head. Uh, shave your head. Yeah. Um, mate, get <laughs> out of good. here. We'll Sounds chat good. to you in the new year. Perfect. Thanks for your time again this year, and uh, to our listeners, we'll chat to you in a couple of weeks' time. Cheers. The Dribble Podcast is brought to you by Perth Now, your home of sporting action from home. And abroad.